We discussed earlier this week, and you heard the news here on 680 CJOB, that we're going to be faced with a 3.6% hydro increase this year. That'll start in June. That'll be for the 2018-2019 year. And it's considerably less than what Manitoba Hydro had asked for. And the CEO of Manitoba Hydro told us on this station that they're now in a borrowing situation just to keep operating. We're not borrowing. This is separate and apart from Kiosk or Bipole 3. This is just to operate. Manitoba Hydro is in a deficit situation. So it's clear that we need to rethink how we do business as Manitobans with this crown corporation of ours. Ian Madsen is with the Frontier Center for Public Policy and joins us today. And he's got some fairly uh, bold ideas about what we need to do. Ian, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Uh, happy to be with you. All right. Now, so what what is your assessment of the state of Manitoba Hydro? How did we get to this point? Well, I, I think... Uh, I hate to say it for for those who are committed to uh, publicly owned entities such as Crown Corporations like Manitoba Hydro, but it's inherent in the nature of Crown Corporations that they can have uh, bad governance issues. Uh, With a private sector corporation, whether it's closely held like a family owned or uh, owned by a, a single rich person or publicly listed and publicly traded, like uh, Capital Power or Transalta, for instance, you have a multitude of shareholders, you have a board of directors accountable to the shareholders, lots of checks and balances and oversight, whereas with a crown corporation, it is inherently political because it's a creature of the government, and uh, oftentimes the uh, directors are political appointees who may not have uh, sufficient expertise, and the prime reason for their being appointed is loyalty to the existing or previous government rather than uh, their financial, technical, or uh, commercial or operational knowledge. That is the first thing. Uh, And another thing is that the ability for a Crown Corporation to borrow at... uh, uh, lower rates than the private sector because they have a government guarantee uh, allows them to accept a lower rate of return also because they are not expressly uh, profit maximization driven as their primary goal uh, which a private sector corporation is they will they do not have put as big a primacy on having a high rate of return project the private sector does that to have a cushion in case things go wrong will go wrong, such as cost overruns, which do occur in the private sector too, but because they high-grade certain projects, just as oil companies do when the oil price is low, they only drill their best prospects, they have a bit of a cushion when uh, things do not go as planned, as happened with Manitoba Hydro. Uh, Also, because these uh, entities, these crown corporations, are almost left to do what they want, they sometimes want to empire build. So that's another danger of them. And the whole kiosk and bipole uh, three endeavors uh, seem to fall into that category. Uh, Also, there was a misperception of what the demand for electricity would be, not just in Manitoba, but surrounding markets, especially the United States, and an insufficient appreciation for the shale gas revolution 
which uh, has provided a lot of new cheap power in the United States and elsewhere and made uh, large uh, hydro projects like Kiask less uh, attractive or necessary. And you're you're referencing, of course, that that hydro or crown corporations are not necessarily supposed to be profit-driven. However, money has to be put aside for maintenance of existing infrastructure and potential building of new infrastructure down the road. And it doesn't look like any of that's happened because, as you said, it's inherently political and, and government, successive governments have been siphoning off hydro money and putting it into general revenues. Yeah, uh, there have been uh, various charges. At, because crowns are non-taxable, uh, uh, it, it is assumed that uh, no money goes to government. But sometimes they take dividends or other transfers that are not called dividends, even when uh, those dividends are not really affordable. Uh, the the uh, Crown Enterprise re- really needs the cash to uh, maintain its uh, uh, capital uh, endowment uh, to be uh, uh, efficient and uh, and maintain its service, and that appears not to have happened. And there is an unusual situation with Manitoba Hydro that few other companies have in that it has legacy assets that are very low cash operating costs, these uh, older dams, which do not silt up very much and have uh, close to zero uh, cash cost of operation. But there are other, but there are other costs involved. Uh, uh, dams do require maintenance, the uh, transformers and the power lines and the pylons and the generators and all that kind of stuff need to be maintained or replaced. Uh, And it's easy to uh, scrimp and uh, defer these things. And uh, some of that seems to have gone on. Uh, You know, it it looks as though we've we've passed the point of no return when it comes to both Bipole 3 and Kiosk, that those projects are going to go ahead for for better or worse. Right now, it looks like worse. Who knows in 20 years or so, but we're, we're kind of banking on a demand for hydro in the decades to come that that isn't certainly isn't there now so what options does does the provincial the current provincial government have and the manitoba hydro have to try to get this thing back on level footing i think uh, the first thing uh, and this is part of the uh, what is it the seven steps of uh, of grief uh, you, have to, <laughs> you have to get past uh, uh, uh first there's a shock and then there's uh uh uh, denial or anger, and I think there's anger and denial going on. The anger is understandable, and it's not likely to go away, but the de- the denial has to end. Uh, the debt incurred by uh, Manitoba Hydro and that will be added to to complete Kiask and Bipole, it can't be ignored. Uh, these bonds and loans are owed to investors, and they can't be reneged on. Whether they are uh, supported and paid for by Manitoba Hydro or the Manitoba government, it, um, the uh, the principal and the interest will have to be paid, if not now, uh, deferred and added uh, and compounded uh, uh, eventually and, and paid then. So, right, uh, because the, the, the Manitoba taxpayer and the Manitoba hydro ratepayer are one and the same person, aren't they? Yes, exactly. Well, uh, they, they are different people, but uh, most people in Manitoba, since it's a monopoly, uh, uh, have to pay Manitoba hydro uh, directly or indirectly. Uh, even if they're not a householder or business themselves. 
Um, and it's worth uh, pointing out that nonprofit institutions such as uh, hospitals, schools, uh, charities, and so on all, also have to uh, uh, pay hydro bills. Um, I I hesitate to bring this up because I know there's uh, an antipathy to uh, uh, privatization. It's a dirty word uh, for some people, but that is a viable option. Uh, a small amount of the debt could be kept with Manitoba Hydro, and uh, uh, hydro could be sold off for anywhere from uh, five to as much as $20 billion, uh, according to analysis I performed last year. The, the $20 billion uh, is really an outside uh, figure, uh, and I think it's more likely to be somewhere between 5 and $9 billion. But still, that would go some way to paying off some of this debt. And uh, central gas could be sold off separately and could be worth uh, as much as uh, $1 billion. Centra has not been uh, operated by Manitoba Hydro uh, as uh, as it should be. Uh, hard, hardly any new natural gas customers have, have been added. The uh, volumes of gas have not increased very much, despite being uh, very close to the Bakken uh, shale gas deposit which is being uh, developed in Manitoba as well as, of course, in North Dakota nearby. There's uh, abundant gas which could uh, heat and uh, indeed power uh, much of Manitoba uh, and uh, even uh, Saskatchewan and uh, Western Ontario and uh, Minnesota. And uh, so uh, in the right hands, uh, either uh, publicly listed or bought by uh, a savvy uh, a utility or uh, a group of uh, financial institutions like the Canada Pension Board or Alberta or Ontario Teachers or so on, uh, the uh, central gas could uh, be worth uh, billions of dollars. And if it were sold off, perhaps taking some of the debt with it, uh, that would also uh, alleviate the Manitoba's total debt burden. So those two things could really uh, drastically reduce the amount of debt that uh, Manitoba Hydro, uh, that uh, uh, the province of Manitoba would uh, have to service. If, if, now, Man- but, but Ian, if, if Manitoba, <coughs> excuse me, if Manitoba Hydro is is headed for the twenty to twenty five billion dollar debt range, which it, it, mm-hmm. some have projected, who who would want to buy a company like that? Would you? I mean, would you buy shares in a company like that? No, uh, uh, that debt, uh, unfortunately, would have to be taken on by uh, the province of Manitoba. And uh, as I said, this is part of the denial problem. Uh, to uh, You need to optimize uh, a company when you, when you plan to sell it, whether it's a crown corporation or, or a normal private corporation or a division of a corporation. So Manitoba Hydro needs to be rationalized and restructured, aside from the financial uh, restructuring and nearly all the debt that will be incurred, and probably take the kiosk and bipole uh, uh, projects entirely off uh, Manitoba's uh, Hydro's uh, back and have it as a uh, separate entity. Uh, also, the uh, distribution and uh, retailing operations of Manitoba Hydro could be uh, separate and mm-hmm. uh, open to competition, and uh, that could also be a, a separate entity that, uh, for which shares could be sold to the public, perhaps the province retaining a, a majority ownership. Now, the, the denial part of this, though, on the part of the provincial government is, is understood from a political 
viewpoint, right, Ian, and, and that if the Manitoba government says we're going to sell off hydro, which is which may may not be a very popular political move here, and we're going to swallow a twenty billion dollar debt at the mm-hmm. same time, that that might be a tough sell politically for any government here. Oh, I realize that it would be extremely tough. Um, I will point out that in the past, other governments have done uh, similar things, especially in the United Kingdom, which was in very uh, uh, straightened financial circumstances in the 1980s. But the Thatcher government there sold off uh, supposed crown jewels, which were actually troubled uh, entities, but had some good assets, such as British Steel, British Petroleum. Uh, and and so on, and they realized quite uh, a bit of money, and more importantly, they got those uh, underperforming enterprises off their backs, uh, and, and they ended up being uh, uh, performing much better and paying taxes to the treasury, with uh, and dividends to shareholders, and being much better run, and any further problems they had would be uh, borne by the investors in them, not by taxpayers. For instance, many people don't know that Transalta Utilities had a bunch of stranded coal-burning uh, generating assets, uh, and with the uh, carbon uh, tax coming in uh, federally and other strictures provincially in Alberta, they effectively had to write some of those off. And part of that was borne by the Alberta government, but uh, a lot of it was borne by Transalta shareholders, as, as some long-suffering ones uh, know. But uh, more, the most important uh, part of that story is that the shareholders uh, took that pain and not the taxpayers, whereas here uh, Manitoba Hydro is inflicting a considerable amount of pain uh, on uh, uh, Manitoba uh, as citizens and taxpayers uh, and uh, not on investors. Uh, there could be more pain to come. Uh, it, it, there's sort of a cockroach effect with these corporate problems, whether in the private or public sector. There's never just one cockroach. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, there, there, there could be more unpleasant surprises, not not on the scale of a kiosk or bipole, but other things that come up. And it's, it's likely better that uh, these problems be borne by uh, private investors. Um, there is a kind of an emotional attachment to hydro, though, on the part of, uh, I think, a majority of Manitobans probably right now. And is, is that an, an irrational emotional attachment to it? Uh, fundamentally, it is. Uh, in the investment world, we say you can love a stock, but it won't love you back. And similarly, you can love a company or you can love your employer, but it won't love you back. An organization is essentially amoral. Uh, and uh, some people have said even uh, psychopathic, uh, and, and there's <laughs> so uh, it, it's it's just uh, uh, I can understand some sentiment, but uh, it was created for political reasons for politicians and uh, so-called activists of the day, and it may have outlived its uh, usefulness. It, it should be remembered that there are very few uh, government-owned utilities uh, in the. Uh, free free world anymore, not even in Europe where, uh, or even France, where uh, Electricité de France is uh, uh, partially owned by uh, private investors and Gaz de France, is, uh, the gas company, is uh, owned by a private company now. Uh, and in the United States, they're, they're extremely few. And uh, problems that utilities are coal-fired and... Uh, and nuclear-powered that have been troubled, uh, those are undergone by private investors, not uh, not 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 taxpayers. 
So I think we have to recognize that um, the, the dangers of uh, Crown-owned uh, utilities and other Crown enterprises outweigh the, the potential rewards, whether those rewards are psychic or otherwise. Um, and in the case of Manitoba Hydro and also, I would say, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador Hydro uh, and uh, even uh, BC Hydro, we've seen what uh, uh, government ownership has brought, uh, large, expensive projects that do not deliver what they promise, bring added debt, uh, potential environmental damage, too, which is rarely discussed, uh, flooding large areas of wilderness. Uh, we've certainly is, seen uh, that in British Columbia. Yes, exactly. And uh, in the case of the Site C Dam in B.C., where I live, uh, uh, a number of farmers and First Nations are uh, very upset about uh, the eminent domain that's used to take away their uh, the homes and livelihoods uh, and heritage in the case of the First Nations. And uh, I, I think uh, there was another aspect of the Kiask uh, endeavor that isn't discussed. Uh, there was a social uh, development role in helping northern communities and First Nations up there in uh, the spending and uh, contracting that would help them and also mm -hmm. training for jobs, both in the construction phase, installation, and, and later on in uh, the operating and maintenance of uh, those projects. And uh, if there is a need for social development, perhaps that, that should be kept separate from uh, a, a commercial enterprise. Uh, when, you, when you mix the two, then, then you, you can start to uh, run into trouble like uh, Manitoba Hydro did. Yeah. Ian, Ian um, we're going to have to let it, uh, leave it uh, there for today, Ian, but uh, I hope we can chat about this again because this is going to be an ongoing conversation here in Manitoba, and we've got to to say get past the denial stage and, and get into yeah. and get into the, all right, what are we going to do with this thing? Exactly. And uh, it was previous government's uh, uh, fault, if you want to uh, point fingers. So uh, the present government doesn't uh, have to be shy about uh, saying that, saying we're, we're trying to solve the problem and maybe take a, a tough uh, resolution for it. Ian Madsen is with the Frontier Centre for Public Policy. He spoke to us from British Columbia. We'll be sure to have Ian back on the show and, and discuss this further. We'll be right back.